Hey, hey, thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. Gosh, loving this country is a battlefield, is it not? Not trying to make light of it at all, but... Mm. Wendy Mahoney, who the heck, who the hell gives uh, funds Catholic Charities? Well, it's, 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 the government does a lot of it, about $5 billion. Uh, AKA, um, AKA the American taxpayer. Private donations around $1 billion. Uh, I think other would be like private donors, um, you know, corporations, you know, people associated with corporations. You know, that would be harder to find. I mean, I'm sure it's findable. It just, you'd kind of have to know where to look, but that's around $2 billion. So do, um, do, do parishioners but, that donate to their individual churches, Catholic churches, does the church then turn and give money to the Catholic charities? Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I would, Absolutely. If I were a practicing Catholic, I would withdraw any more, donate, any more money to my church until they stopped doing that, until they ended that. I mean, how could you know? My husband is, is a strict Catholic, and he, is, he has no clue. Um, I mean, he and I have had discussions about this pope, whom I dislike intensely, and um, he just thinks, oh, you know, he's a, a, a so you know social justice guy. Like he he makes excuses for him because he's been taught to revere the pope. oh the pope. Oh my yeah. gosh, that guy. I know. I mean, I think the last good pope was Pope John Paul. <laughs> I mean, he's essentially a, a brown shirt. He's a brown shirt. I mean, he the guy is, is, is a Marxist. Anyway, and I don't know um, how people can. I don't. I don't know how people can just go la 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 la. la. I'm not listening. I mean, hello, the leader of your church is yeah, as you said, a Marxist. How how could you yeah. how could you in good conscience continue to be part of that? And I hear all kinds of, I hear all. Trust me, big Catholic family. I don't know how they can justify it, but it's very yeah. very distressing. It sure is. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's basically. I, I, I just sent you a statistic, but the Roman Catholic Church itself took more than $3 billion in taxpayer-funded government aid as a part of that PP, PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. What do they need that for, frankly? For COVID. For COVID. Uh, and, and I'll guarantee you, a lot of it was because of the border, because they are processing, oh. you know. And, and the thing is that the Catholic Church is taking in unaccompanied minors. And then, in many cases, they're disappearing into the fabric of our country, you know, in our uh, social services programs. And a lot of the social, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of very runaways, very bad things happen with children when they're put into the social services, government-based social services programs. They're not well-monitored. There's fatigue in the workforce. They're understaffed. They, I mean, uh, it's, it's, they are basically, the Catholic Charities and many of these NGOs are aiding and abetting in human trafficking and sex trafficking of children at the border. It's, and, and there's no, like, um, it's infuriating. For example, the people that are coming from these, these human, humanitarian parole, these special government programs, 
and they all had their own, you know, C-193, and you could see this and whatever. Um, when they come in, they have sponsors. But, you know, sponsors are often not vetted. They're not really, you know, looking at, oh, how many people are this one sponsor taking in? Really? Can they really take in, you know, 10 families and provide them homes and, and, and get them services and clothing and all of that? Uh, you know, and for when they're here, like sponsors is very loosely defined uh, at some point or another. I mean, you just have all of these classes of, of illegals coming into the country, whether they are, you know, through human parole programs that our government has determined these people need to be helped um, or coming up through the Darien Gap up through Panama, and, and one of the things that these people were telling me is that it used to be in the early 2000s, you know, and before, used to be pretty much Mexican, you know, uh, people on our border that we could, you know, for example, the stuff that Trump did with the NPP, the Remain in Mexico stuff, which was very effective program, according to this person. And, um, you know, of course, that was taken away. Title 42 has been taken away. Uh, humanitarian parole has been expanded beyond recognition of, of its original mission and law. Um, you know, and, and then you have, and the way that they know we have gotaways, 50%, they estimate, of, of those coming across the border between the points of entry between the official points of entry, 50% of the gotaways, the 50% are gotaways. And they know that because they have the, the drones, the, the state, you know, the stationary dirigible, you know, the, those surveillance um, technology to see them coming across and, and count their numbers. Um, they, this is not a, you know, oh, I think it's this. I mean, it's it's that. So you can double the official number, and I think I'm pretty sure that the Custom and Border Patrol and the OFO, those numbers that are on that website, are just those numbers. They're not ICE numbers. They're not the uh, ones that are being flown in from the outside. I mean. Uh, so you can pretty much double the numbers that are given on just that one border protection website, which are just by themselves incredibly alarming. And all manner of diseases not screened, people coming in and, and, and with and there's no incentive. First of all, there's no incentive for them to tell the truth. It's all self-reported, most of it except for at ICE facilities, they do screen for TB. But it's self-reporting. And if they go through NGOs, they the NGOs now have scripts that they, they have Spanish-speaking people. They basically tell them how to get here and get into the interior of our country. And so we have a DHS that a DHS and a DOJ and a uh, State Department and CISA and you name it, 
weaponized against everyday, hardworking Americans. People should be furious with what our government is doing. And very unfortunate, but Obama is responsible for a lot of the changes that took place. And now, you know, they don't have them in cages anymore, but they have them now in these plastic curtains. I'm sure you've seen the reports at airports. Those are the same kinds of things set up in many of these detention facilities. Well, what is that? That's trapping disease. There's no ventilation. They're piled in there. Uh, you know, too many humans in, in one highly, uh, you know, highly contagious environment, you know, environments for transmissible diseases of, of all kinds, you know, sexually transmitted, like all kinds of diseases. Um, and they're coming across the border in droves. And, and to hear these people talk about what they're going to, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I've been working on this for three days. I don't even think I can write the article today. I'm, I'm absolutely crushed by what they were telling me. And I, and I actually know all of it. I mean, the only part I didn't know was they were giving these work permits to babies. I didn't know that. Um, but, and I said, I, I, I asked, I, what do you think it is? Like, why are they doing this? And, and this person said, um, the Democrats had the ability to shut a lot of this down during Obama. You know, they had control over three branches, whatever. And they didn't do it because it, it, it allows them to kind of pit one against the other and, and to use it as a cudgel and if we're negotiating, you know, there's no incentive for these politicians to solve this problem. In other words, it creates division in our country. It creates, you know, through their virtual signaling of helping other people, you know, preys upon good people's consciences, even these NGOs, you know, they think they're doing the right thing. Um, you know, it's just like, it's the same thing that they do, the Democrats do with, with Republic, good Republicans. You know, they say, you're a racist. And a lot of people buy into it. And they say, they allow them to use that against them. And then, you know, Republicans start, you know, oh, oh you know, that's not true. And I, I never say that. Like, I know what I am. I know what I'm not. I don't have to argue with these jokers about that kind of stuff. But it, they're using it as a cudgel. And, and there's pretty much no motivation. And, of course, it, it um, allows uh, the Democrats to to further further their uh, you know their political stance that they are accepting and being inclusive and of of all races and 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 they they forget that things have dramatically changed. I mean, we've got I forget the number how many Chinese, but. A lot of the Chinese are coming up through um, Panama, and and these Chinese are not getting here without the blessing of the communists uh, of the CCP. Make no mistake about that. So who are these people? Are they are they fighters? Are they former army? Are they you know? It used to be. You know, like, as you see now, with many of the Hispanics coming across the border, at least they share uh, the, the foundational values that, you know, we, we had as a country. 
um, you know, Christian values. So there's some ability to assimilate and to integrate properly. I mean, it, it, we're, we should never be a country that, that wants to embrace, like if, if your ideology goes counter, like for example, Sharia law, um, you know, the stuff that's happening in Detroit, you know, Michigan and everything, um, bringing that into our country and creating these siloed communities like you see in London where police can't go in and, and, and impose law. And so you've got crime, you've got um, people raping, you know, young ladies and, and, and the, you know, these cultures that come in that differ so greatly from the foundational values that we have as a country, you know, they're, the Democrats are acting as though these are the same people that we've always had coming through. They're not. It's expanded way beyond. And not only has it expanded in terms of variety of value systems and belief systems and worldviews and mindsets, but in number, the numbers are, there's no way. And the other thing this person made a point about is that a lot of these people were hired right after 9-11, so their 20 years are, are coming up, and they're going to retire, and there's no way to replace them between the training and the attrition levels and the stress on the job and the suicide rates. Um, it's, and the way that I came to this was because I worked with this air marshal, Sonia Lavasco, and she brought this to my attention and gave me this whistleblower in our government who introduced me to these other people's people. And um, she's fighting for her air marshals because the suicide rates are so high. And the DHS is spending billions of tax, tax dollars on sleep studies and then doesn't use the data that they, you know, they found that, that sleep deprivation is one of the, uh, one of the uh, top, the most effective forms of torture. Like actual, you know, the CIA has, uses it. I can torture. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of insomnia. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, pretty much anyone who works hard can attest to that. And um, it's just it's such a complex issue. The border um, and our communities, teachers dealing with these people, dealing with these children who are by you know they don't speak English, their cultural values, their differences, how to help them assimilate into you know not be bullied. I mean, I can't imagine what teachers are having to deal with. And they, the teachers are underpaid. And, oh, God. It's, uh, it's so, so I got to throw this in here, and then we got to conclude our conversation, at least for today. Um, how, do, how do the Republicans capitalize on this, this disaster and make American citizens, make voters see how important their choice in November is and, and how important it is that they see that this is, I mean, and you know how, how the, you know, the, the phrase is always, oh, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. This, dear God, is the most important election of our lifetimes. How do we, what message do we, I mean, we have to keep it simple, stupid. We have to keep it simple so that, that we, we are able to permeate some of the every thick skulls. Per <laughs> every person listening today should call his or her congressman and tell them not to send a single dime to Ukraine and focus on our border. And, 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 and the one thing that would help more than anything, it's, it's like one single thing that they could do is stop.
stop the remittances that these people are sending back to their home countries because that money that's going back through Western Union and that everybody's making a dollar on, um, if that money stops, the flow would, would be tamped down massively. Why they haven't done this, it's such a simple solution. It, it literally, I asked the person that question, and this person said, oh, 100, that's one of the most important things that we could do. And I think that Republicans are too busy, number one. Um, investigating you know, each other? Okay, never mind. Yeah, investigating right. each other. I mean, look at Santos. Look at who replaced Santos in New York. I mean, right. it's a disaster. Right. Um, and they're too busy appeasing Democrats to get what they want. And then in the meantime, they always lose everything. It's ridiculous. They, don't, they have no focus. Well, I can focus them real quick. Two things. Call your congressman and say, no more funding to Ukraine. I don't care Ugh. what the heck is going on over there. Cut them off! And number two, stop the remittances and defund DHS, DOJ, immediately until they comply with the law. That's why Mayorkas was impeached yesterday. Because he's not complying with the laws on the book. Well, Wendy Mahoney, thank you. I mean, honestly... You- you take one for the team, and I, I want to encourage you, if I can, to just just give yourself a break today, honestly. I think I might. Yeah, do it. <laughs> well, hey, we'll chat next week, if not sooner. Have a good day, if, if possible, thanks. and thanks again for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Meg. Have a good day. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Going to the 11 o'clock news. Thank you. Hey, if you've got a praying fiber in your body say a prayer for me i have a medical procedure i gotta do this morning uh, right after the show and oh i hope it goes well so stay tuned i shall return on well god willing tomorrow god bless i've been